Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. appreciate the Tabernacle of Praise Church Praise Team. Come on, put your hands together. Let's honor the Lord. God certainly is good to us. Thank God for his presence. Hallelujah. Thank God for what he is doing, for what he has done, for what he is going to do. I still believe that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, it has not entered into the hearts of men, the things that God has in store for them that love him would you just shout across the room to somebody and just tell them you haven't seen God's best for you yet hallelujah God still has some stuff left in his goodie bag hallelujah he promised that he would bless us if we would seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then all of these things would be added unto us he'd show us just how good hallelujah we've already sang about it he's been so good but God says I can be better if you just let me let me get out of that I'd like to direct your attention to the word of the Lord hallelujah I believe we need to encourage somebody on today and I just believe that the Lord has shared with me somewhat to be able to do that on today from the book of St. John chapter 4 it's about 12 verses that I'd like to read in your hearing and invite you to read along with me if you so choose certainly we thank God for each of you amen and your contributions and your uh, continual visiting with us here at Tabernacle of Praise Church we would that you would continue to like us share us uh, do all those things that would enable us to continue to reach even more of an audience than we do now we're just appreciative to you uh, and thank God for you from St. John chapter 4 beginning at verse 27 it reads like this and I invite you to read along with me and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman yet no man said what seeketh thou why talketh thou with her the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him, meaning Jesus. 
In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth, receiveth wages, and gather fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth, and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap, that thereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labor, and ye are entered into their labors. The word of the Lord is blessed. Uh, before we pray, I, I want to take for a theme on today. And I would invite you... Uh, to just find somebody that you can make eye contact with and just share this, this theme with me on this morning and just say to them, God wants to use you, wants to, use you. To, execute to execute his plan. His plan. Yeah, God wants to use you to execute his plan. Some sow, some reap. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some, we also say that some plant, some water, same thing. God gives the increase so that we may all rejoice together, but we have to do our part. And so God wants to use you to execute his plan. Would you pray with me? Precious Father, we honor you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege and the opportunity to stand before the sacred desk, oh God, to share, to be a vehicle, to be a conduit by which the communication of your word might be shared with your people. We ask now, Lord, that you would take control because we realize that it's not me, it's not I, but it's you that lives on the inside. Take control now. Hallelujah. Seize this moment for yourself to communicate your thoughts, your idea, your will, oh God, for your people. That they might be instrumental, God, into advancing the kingdom of God so that we all might rejoice in that day, God, and be able to hear you say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, servant, not just recipient, but servant. We ask, God, that you would give us a heart and a mind to serve in this hour. We realize, oh God, that we've been shut down for a season, oh God, but we thank you for the recharge. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for being able to, to enable us, oh God, to focus in just a little bit more keenly on what it is that you would have us to do so that the excellency might be in you and not in us. We ask these things in your name and for your sake. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise on the way to your seat. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I invite you to pray for me. I'm 
uh, I was excited just by being able to have God share uh, this with me and it's almost like this was tailor-made and designed for Tabernacle of Praise Church. The Gospel of St. John is perhaps my favorite uh, book in the Bible to study and try to absorb and, and rehearse because there's just something that seems to be a little bit more eye-catching to me uh, in the passage of Scripture. And I want to salute Paul for all of his writings. And we certainly uh, learn so much and live so much out of those words. But even when we consider the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, I, I find that, uh, that my favorite book is actually John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke spend a lot of time trying to prove the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You know, going through the chronology of Jesus and the history, who his parents were, and coming down through 42 generations so that they might prove to us that he is the Messiah. John, however, seemingly bypasses all of, all of that proving ground information and goes right to the point of trying to share with us who Jesus really is. For he says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God talking about Jesus. And, and so I, I love the book of St. John because he centers in on the very of Jesus Christ much more than the genealogy of Jesus Christ. He focuses in on the details of what Jesus was doing, what his purpose was for coming into the earth. He shares with us very vividly uh, of the story of the marriage feast at Cana where Jesus turns water into wine. He shares with us the story of the conversion of Nicodemus. How Nicodemus who was a part of the ruler uh, leadership uh, of the Sanhedrin over the Jews how he had this encounter with Jesus Christ and I might stop here and just park just momentarily and just say that if you haven't had a Jesus encounter there's still so much more that you haven't experienced in the Lord Jesus. Many of us are familiar with, with church encounters, uh, with ministry encounters but, but there's something Nicodemus could tell you if he was here what an encounter with Jesus Christ is all about. It leaves you longing and wanting more and more. It leaves you wanting to know how can I get to know him better? How can I get to the place to where I'm not just a part of the number but I'm really called to serve? Hallelujah. Well, and, and, and I thank God for this word. Uh, hallelujah. Even uh, John goes on and talks about the woman uh, in the next chapter who had the issue of blood who crawled her way through a crowd until she was able to get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. And so the stories and the acts of Jesus go on and on. When we get to the fourth chapter of St. John, we see a woman in the middle of the day coming to the well. I didn't read all of that. I didn't want to take up all of the time. You can go back into Matthew chapter 4 and read more of that for yourself. But this woman, she comes to the well. And many of you know the story already. Uh, she's not coming to see Jesus. 
hallelujah, uh, 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 unlike the woman who had the issue of blood, she was not seeking after him. She was coming to try to get some water. And she thought that it would be a good idea to come in the middle of the day to get the water so that she wouldn't have to confront the other women because she had done that before and because of how they felt about her and, and the type of woman that they believed that she was, it wasn't good for her to be around them. They didn't have that much to say. They didn't communicate together. And so she comes to the well and has a God encounter with Jesus and ends up leaving her water pot, dropping uh, the pot, uh, glory to God, uh, hallelujah, and rather than uh, engaging in what the water could do and the thirst that, and, 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 the, uh, uh, the, and the supply of the thirst that it might provide, uh, uh, she chooses rather to do that, hallelujah, in exchange for what God, Jesus told her that she might have in their conversation. And it caused her to drop her water pot, which indicates at least to me that she was willing to drop her past. Her past, uh, hallelujah, in a, in a moment uh, of having that encounter with Jesus Christ, she decided she was going to leave uh, her past behind. And I might stop right there to tell somebody today, that's what you need to do. Uh, you have an encounter with Jesus, uh, you can leave your past behind because she realized that her future now was in front of her and she will never have to draw hallelujah from that source again uh, in order to have her her, her need met uh, glory to God that she had found uh, because Jesus told her if you drink of that water you'll thirst again but if you drink of the water that I shall give uh, you'll never thirst and so she says, I found someone, glory to God, who loves my soul. Glory to God. I have no need to search for anything else or anybody else. I met a man, hallelujah, that told me everything that I had done. And I have found him. And if the story had stopped right there, perhaps some of us would have been happy with uh, the Bible being able to show us of the, the ability of conversion that the Lord has for each and every one of us. That he can save us from the guttermost to the uttermost. Uh, that the Lord has the ability to give us a restart, a rebirth. Uh, hallelujah. He can put our past uh, behind us so that we might live victoriously in the future that Christ was able to satisfy the longing of the human soul that he can appease the wailing of the human spirit that Jesus is so powerful that he can ease the confusion of a troubled mind and that alone glory to God it seems to be enough that we should celebrate the Lord right there because some of us know if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side that picked us up out of a horrible pit and turned us around, we'd be on our way to a devil's hell. Somebody ought to praise him right there for what God has done. And there's a part of me that says, okay, that's good. That's, that's a great point. Let's finish right there. But the Bible said the story goes on a step farther. And the step 
is what I really want to bring to your attention and discuss with you for the next few moments. Because this woman leaves the scene of the well where she has an encounter with Jesus Christ. She drops her pots and heads into the city. Look at the progression. She meets Jesus. Her life is turned around. She glorifies God. She puts her past behind, but she moves into a place of being able to tell everybody because she says everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Many of us stop at being saved, but the Lord said, I want you to go and tell. Go into the highways and to the hedges and compel men and women to come to Christ. And so she leaves her the scene of being with Jesus and goes into the city. Hallelujah. I know that there was a song, Elder Washington, that says, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I couldn't keep it to myself. Hallelujah. It was good that she was there with Jesus, but it was better that she left and went into the city. And so she comes into the city and she ministers and she tells them, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. And when she comes with this powerful evangelical message, the city of Samaria stops and pays attention. The men of which perhaps many of them have, might have had some sort of dealing with her in the past, uh, glory to God, uh, they come to hear her message. This, by the way, is a woman who has had a very questionable past. If you read the preceding scriptures, you'll say that the thorn of the conversation she had with Jesus is Jesus told her, you've been married five times, five different husbands, and the fellow that you're shacking with now, he's not yours. And yet... Look at Jesus, in spite of having uh, this woman before him uh, with this checkered, sordid past, uh, God uses her uh, in an evangelical way uh, because uh, she's had an encounter with Jesus. I find it very powerful in that this woman, who is obviously quite comfortable with men, reaches out to the city. And the Bible said the men respond. Hallelujah. She's got such a pull. Glory to God among them. She said come see a man. And they stop doing what they're doing to come see Jesus. Isn't it ironic that God will use your circumstances and your situations that once upon a time worked against you? Hallelujah. That didn't favor God. Hallelujah. But God can take, hallelujah, all the failures of your past, bottle them all up and say, I'm going to use you anyway and turn your test into a testimony. This is one of the ways that you know 
that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Hallelujah. Not everything has to be good, but the Bible is saying, hallelujah, all things work together for the good. I'll take the good in your life. I'll take the bad in your life. I'll take your successes, your failures. I'll take your goodness. I'll take your, your insecurities. I'll take your dysfunctions and put them all together because it's working for the good to them that love the Lord. And so I was thinking that maybe if Jesus had not chose this type of woman, she would perhaps uh, have been, been intimidated. Glory, you have to use a certain kind of person. That's why God will allow some of us to go through so much hallelujah because when we come out we come out hallelujah with, with, with a resolve that nothing shall separate me from the love of God I've been through the fire I've been through the flood I've been all the way down and God picked me up hallelujah so I don't have a problem I don't have a problem telling you my story somebody can thank God hallelujah because the Lord somebody can say I survived it hallelujah it didn't kill me it didn't destroy me in some cases it made me better it made me wiser just yell across the room and tell somebody God can use you I don't care what you've been through God can use you So as we kind of fast forward, this woman has impacted the entire city. And she says, come see Jesus. And at this point, hallelujah, glory to God, I kind of feel sorry for his disciples because they have missed the whole deal almost. They have been in the city buying food and they, and they come back and they witness what's going on and they are in shock and in awe that Jesus is actually talking to this kind of woman and they say within themselves because they don't have the courage to say it to him. What in the world is Jesus doing talking to this kind of woman? Doesn't he know her reputation? And it's here that we need to understand that Jesus has a plan. And he is using this woman to execute his plan. To them, she's just a woman. But to Jesus, she's a strategic part of his plan. And he justifies his reasoning with the disciples when he tells them, I must need go into Samaria. They didn't know what he was thinking about at the time, and apparently he didn't tell them. He just told them, I must need go to Samaria. And to give you some background, the Samaritans didn't worship Jehovah. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't worship the, the Messiah. And we have to, to read and understand that the Jews had no dealings with the Samarians. And so why would Jesus need to go into Samaria? 
How, why would he need to go and try to win such an idolatrous people who were steeped in serving idols uh, and engaged in all kind of illicit behaviors? Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and then when Jesus, watch this. This impressed me. When Jesus gets to the well, you got to read this. He has to sit. And wait, wait. Now, now understand what day and time we're living in, uh, uh, Elder Alfred. He has to sit or chooses to sit, you know, like you have to do, uh, brother, brother Dawkins, your wife. You, you have to sit and wait. <laughs> and some commentary suggests that he had to wait a half a day. this woman while the disciples are gone and when they get back they find Jesus sitting on the still sitting he's had the encounter with the lady but now he's still sitting and what impressed me is he's sitting and smiling now I would imagine he he he, he was a little antsy but he realized that, that that and already knew that she was coming and so he's sitting on the well and he's smiling and he's satisfied and he does, he's not hungry. He's not complaining about how long it took them to get back from raising canes. But he's peaceful because he's had this encounter with the woman and it's at this point, this, is the, this meeting with her is a point of demarcation to launch his ministry into that region. Her getting saved was a catalyst that Jesus needed in order to start a revolution. Somebody is getting ahead of me already. Hallelujah. God saving you. Uh, he didn't save you just because he didn't have anything to do. He saved you because uh, sister, maybe he wanted to start a revolution. Because there's some folk that none of us will be able to reach. And so God has to save some of everybody so he can reach into every area of a city. Yes. Elder Brown, his being able to witness to her, to take her through the seven steps, was a seed. And he has now planted a seed in Samaria and now begins to rejoice because of the seed. Hallelujah. I got happy right here when I was reading that. Hallelujah. He, he haven't seen the results yet. All he's getting rejoicing in is the fact that he has planted a seed. Because he doesn't wait until he sees the harvest, but begins to rejoice over the seed because he knows uh, if a seed is planted, uh, a harvest is going to come from that seed. Hallelujah. If you've been in the seed business, I just need you to praise the Lord with me for a moment. Uh, just rejoice now. Don't wait until you see the harvest. Uh, start praising God uh, right now. Hallelujah. Because we have a tendency, 
we have a tendency to wait until we see the harvest before we start to rejoice. But this word reveals to me that Jesus got excited about seeing the seed that was sown. In fact, he says in verse 34 that my meat, what really gives me satisfaction, hallelujah, what really satisfies my hunger, glory to God, my meat is to do the will of my father. In other words, I get fed by doing what God wants me to do. What God told me to do. Hallelujah. I don't get fed from the harvest. I get fed from doing God's will. You see, it feeds me to know that we at Tabernacle of Praise Church are doing his will. When we go into the highways, into the hedges, he says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel men and women, boys and girls to come to Christ. And, and where, where you and I come into play in this, glory to God, is that if we do what he says do, then everything else will fall into place. It seems as though Jesus is preoccupied with Samaria, though. Samaria is a lot, at least in my mind, like Las Vegas used to be, or maybe it still is, you know, just sinful. Just sinful. And, you know, and it caused me to remember, have, I hit memory recall, had a flashback to a time when First Lady and I went to one of our national church conventions and, uh, I, I, this was before everybody knew who she was. They still don't know who I am, but they know who, who, who she is. Uh, they asked, where are you guys from? And we said, we're from Las Vegas. And uh, they looked kind of surprised and said, I didn't know that people were saved in Vegas. I didn't even know y'all had churches in Vegas. And, and, and folk used to, to say that because it becomes important that, that we would be engaged in sowing seeds so, so that when the harvest comes, folk would realize that God is working miracles. But I call your attention to a conversation that Jesus was having um, uh, with his disciples and some others when they asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded to them by saying, uh, to love the Lord with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy strength and thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, and, and, and one scribe asked, well, who is my neighbor? Ho hoping that he might have an opportunity to kind of trip Jesus up just a little bit. But Jesus gave him this parable stating that a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And it's the story of the good Samaritan using the term good Samaritan uh, and, and, and so what I'm saying here is I believe that the Jesus used the term because he was trying to change the, the, the minds of the Jews about Samaria and God wants to use us hallelujah to change the minds of the way that people think about Las Vegas 
in the story he's using a special emphasis and it's put on good Samaritan not on the Levites not on the scribes not on the Pharisees if you've read the story you know some way somehow they all excuse them for being involved he doesn't use any of these groups as heroes in the story he uses as a hero in the story the good Samaritan because Jesus recognizes that there are real differences between certain races and cultures and that we have created generational divides, hallelujah, among ourselves. But Jesus, I believe, even in this day, in the midst of all the unrest and the divisiveness that's going on in our nation, hallelujah, he just says, I believe, to the church and more specifically to Tabernacle of Praise Church, just keep doing uh, what I've called you to do. If you continue Continue to sow seed. Hallelujah. Ultimately, I'll have the ability to reap a harvest. And so he wants us to know that he's too big to be locked out of our little ideas and our little plans where we don't think that certain individuals can be saved. Glory to God. The God that we serve, we've already said, and we need to keep saying it. Hallelujah. We need to keep believing what we're saying, that our God is stronger. Our God is wiser. Our God is more powerful. Our God is healer. Hallelujah. He's deliverer. There's something about our God. He says, I'll save whoever I want to save and I'll bless who I want to bless. I'll do it when I get ready. All I need you to do is your part. Hallelujah. If you sow the seed, I'll take responsibility of bringing about a harvest. And I will move across color barriers and, and I'll move across social and economic barriers. I'll even move across religious barriers. Hallelujah. Just keep loving God. Just keep loving people. Just keep sharing the good news. This may hurt some of you, but just take me as my, at my word. Glory to God. God is saying that even he has a plan for people that don't like you. I said he has plan even for folks that don't like you uh, hallelujah that's why he said just keep sharing the word everywhere spread the word uh, all over the place with folk that like you folk that don't like you folk that appreciate you folk that don't want you just keep sharing my word do it in and out of season and if you are the person Okay, that I believe that you are. You have an opportunity to celebrate in that because you realize that no amount of hatred on anybody else's part, no amount of animosity, no amount of prejudice uh, will thwart the plan of God that he has for your life. And all of the women ought to be shouting and dancing and praising God and saying amen, hallelujah, living in a patriarchal society that once denied women of being able to have any voice at all. When the story breaks out, the story is all about a woman. And as I was trying to bring this about to a, a close, I couldn't help but to remember what I saw the other night. 
I saw the president of the United States of America, hallelujah, the first time in history, hallelujah, when he turned uh, his back, uh, he saw a black Asian woman, uh, hallelujah, and a white Italian woman. First time ever. We've got Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, in this passage, and he is waiting on a woman. This is a culture that's all about men. This is, this is all about ego. This is all about testosterone. And Jesus is waiting on a woman. And he waited on a woman at the well and used the woman to jumpstart the take back of an entire city. And, and just what's so fascinating about this is she wasn't even a clean woman. She wasn't even a wise woman. She wasn't a good woman, wasn't a, a moral woman. But when Jesus took her through the steps and she said yes to Jesus, he looked beyond all of her faults. He looked beyond everything that she had done. Hallelujah. And realized that he had tapped into something on the inside of her that he could use to advance his kingdom. Is there a sister in this house? Uh, hallelujah. Is there a brother in this house uh, that can identify with this Samaritan woman? Uh, hallelujah. Just turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I'm almost there. Hallelujah. So the disciples come back and they are a little taken back when they see him and wonder among themselves as to who brought him something to eat because he's saying I'm not hungry and he appears to be refreshed and I just want to say right here to preachers I just want to say right here to teachers, to sanctuary attendants, to leaders, to greeters, to lay leaders, to understand this because this is powerful. Jesus says to the disciples after they ask him, who brought you something to eat? He says to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. My God, hallelujah. He says, watch this, I get fed from doing the work. I get fed uh, from serving my father. Uh, hallelujah. I get, I get fed. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, I get blessed. Uh, I get my battery recharged. Uh, glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. When I have the ability to do what God has appointed and assigned my hand to do. Uh, glory to God. Whenever God uh, allows me to stand before the sacred desk, uh, I get fed. Uh, when the choir is rehearsing, uh, they can say, I get fed fed. They, when they make phone calls, I get fed. When they're doing witnessing door to door, God says, I'll feed you. Glory to God. I'll feed you with spiritual food. When you're praying on Tuesday, on Friday, on Saturday, I'll feed you while you're praying for somebody else. Don't worry about me. Don't think that I'm being drained. I'm not being drained when I'm preaching, when I'm doing what God called me to do, I'm being fed. Somebody just say, I get fed from doing the will of God.
Oh, I can't hear you. I get fed from doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Do I have a witness that doing what you do for the Lord is fulfilling? Doing what you do for the Lord is satisfying, is gratifying. It's not just tiring, but there's gratification that comes from it. So see, every time the devil comes against you, the way that you get back at him is you just start doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because in doing what you do for the Lord, you are nourished by it. You are strengthened by it. You are fortified by it. So if you want to know how to become strong in the Lord, if you want to know how to become powerful in God, just start doing the will of the Lord. Doing the work Somebody give God a praise right there. Let me try to get out of here. So Jesus seizes this moment while he has the disciples' attention and, and uses this as a teaching moment. He says to his disciples, Say not that there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Say that there's not four months, and then at the harvest. He says to them, see that's the problem with you. You're always putting the blessing on the back end. What, what if the back end doesn't come the way that you want it to? Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to bless the Lord up front. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it has a way of shaping what's going to happen on the back end. Hallelujah. Somebody saying, I can't wait until next year. I can't wait until I finish college. I can't wait until I get the degree. I can't wait. Hallelujah. Until I finish doing what I'm doing. I can't wait till I get the house. I can't wait until I get married. People are always trying to put the blessing on the back end. The blessing is not on the back end. You should be praising God on the front end when God promises it when the seed is sown when the prophecy is given that's the time to start praising and magnifying the name of the Lord say not hallelujah that there are yet four months stop counting down to something way ahead of you and recognize that what you do glory to God hallelujah for the Lord doesn't have an expiration date what you do for the Lord doesn't have an alarm clock. It doesn't have a time when it goes off and it comes on. Just be diligent doing the will and the work of the Lord. God says, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm not putting it off now. I want to save somebody now. Glory to God. I want to deliver somebody now. I'm not waiting until next year, next month, four months from now. Hallelujah, the words come to you now. I want to bless you now. I want to heal you now now. I want to bring you out now. Hallelujah. He says that the problem that you have is your perception. Your perception always puts my power in the future. If I say that you're healed by your, my stripes, you're healed. Glory to God. You might not see the full manifestation of it until sometime later. But when I said it, that's when it starts taking place. You ought to praise me right now. But sometimes, hallelujah, glory to God, we get it confused. And somebody today needs to know that, that, that we serve a God that can invade your present moment. Glory to God. 
that he may illuminate the rest of your life. Your God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You have a God that can bring you out of the fiery furnace and do it now. You have a God that has the ability to open up the Red Sea in your life and do it now. Jesus has the power to stop the issue of blood. Whatever the circumstance is, whatever the sickness is, he has the ability to speak to it now. He has the authority to do glory to God. Hallelujah. What he did for Lazarus, he can do it for you. He can wake up. Hallelujah. He can revive every dead situation in your life and he can do it now. All you need to know is that the field is already white and ready to harvest. You need to go to work. Hallelujah. Don't let your issue get in the way of you doing the work and what you need out of this is going to be realized as you do the work. I'll recognize what you are doing and my will will come in there and get you. Is there anybody in here that's working at anything? Is there anybody here that's working at anything? Just let me know that you're working at something. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. I ought to be able to know what you're waiting for by seeing what you're working on. Is there anybody here, glory to God, hallelujah, that knows that God is a miracle worker? Tell somebody, I may not have it, but I'm working on it. Hallelujah. When God sees me working on it, hallelujah, he sees me having faith, he'll begin to get in it with me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I may not be there yet, but I'm working on it. I may not have it all together but I'm working on it. I may not be out of the woods yet but I'm working on it. See Jesus says that I'm going to save Samaria because the harvest is ripe. Yes Lord and I'm working on it. Hallelujah. She sowed a seed and I'm working on it. Hallelujah. And so I sat by the well a half of a day waiting for a woman to come because because she's strategic to my plan uh, that I'm working on. I'm working at saving uh, a sin sick society. I'm working at saving uh, your unsaved loved ones. I'm working at saving uh, folk on your job. Yes, Lord. And when you see things at this stage, uh, don't say uh, that I don't have it uh, just because you can't see it. Faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for, uh, but the evidence of things not seen because when you see me working on it, hallelujah, I just want that to be a testimony to you that I've already got it. They didn't hear what I said over there. When you see me working on it, it's a testimony to you that I've already know down in my spirit that I've got it. Is there anybody in here that believes I got it? It's already done. It's already done. It's already in the oven. It's already being baked. It's already being made. Why? Because I've already sown a seed. Look at this. Later, Jesus would send Philip 
down to Samaria. You got to keep reading. Where Simon the sorcerer had taken over and bewitched the people. And uh, one of the things I saw there is that the moment that God starts working on something, the enemy is always trying to work on something to stop what God is doing. When God starts working in your life, the enemy will come along and try to sow doubt in tears and stuff into what you're doing, hoping that you won't keep working on it. But the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And when the devil sent Simon, the sorcerer, Jesus sent Philip, the preaching deacon. And when Philip got to Samaria, he preached Jesus Christ and him crucified until the whole city believed God. Until the until Simon himself, the Bible said, believed. That's some powerful preaching. But I said to Philip, Philip, you can't take credit by yourself for what happened. Because you're just reaping the harvest that you didn't sow. The woman at the well sowed the seed. And so as I close, I say to Tabernacle of Praise Church, God is saying because of the seeds that you've already sown, it's time now to reap the harvest. You ought to give God a praise right there. Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray. And I especially want to pray with those that don't know the Lord Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. We sometimes try to make this very difficult, but this is relatively easy. The sowing part is relatively easy. Your being able to build upon what has been sown becomes critical from this point. But Romans 10 and 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so if you're there, wherever you are, hallelujah, the Lord wants to do for you what he did for the Samaritan woman. He wants to save you so you can run and tell everybody about a man that told you all the things that you'd ever done and promised you that if you work for him, you'd have everlasting life. Would you just bow your heads with me and repeat this prayer? Precious Father, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross 
just for me and that you were buried and God the Father raised you from the dead on the third day and right now Lord Jesus I open the door of my heart and I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior and I thank you now come on if you believe that put your hands together for the Lord Jesus hallelujah the word of the Lord says in 1st John 4 and 4 greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world I want to encourage you I'm going to pray farther further but I want to encourage you to take his yoke upon you and learn of him get in a good spirit filled Holy Ghost filled Bible believing church and just begin to know and understand what the will of God is for your life so that he can actually incorporate you into the plan of salvation like he did for the Samaritan woman if you would just bow your heads with me once more I want to pray for the congregation at large Heavenly Father we honor you and thank you Lord Jesus for your word on today realizing oh God that the time of harvest is at hand God you said in your word those that sow in tears shall reap in joy and certainly those of us oh God that have gone into the highways and into the hedges God have been responsible for sowing good seed in good ground Lord, Lord, we believe that now is harvest time. You've taken us through a season, oh God, of where we had to wait. But we just believe, oh God, that harvest time has come to the, to the house of God. And so we ask, Lord, that you would continue to look favorably upon these, your people, encourage them, inspire them to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ oh God to give a reason for the hope that lies within each and every one of them so that their good works might be realized and men and women everywhere would glorify the father that is in heaven you said that some plant some water but you give the increase we're praying for increase we're praying for a harvest oh God so that we might be encouraged to continue oh God in the will and the work of the Lord knowing God, that you have called us, oh God, to actually work and be a part of the plan of salvation. So we ask, oh God, that you continue your favor upon each and every one. Cause your face to continue to shine upon each and every one. God, that they might experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we'll be careful to give your name the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise shall be yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you and magnify you now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, put those hands together. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.